does anxiety look like and feel like? Today's episode, I explore the world of anxiety with my gorgeous special guest, Amber Petty, where we share stories, tools and tips to manage and embrace the gifts anxiety brings. Welcome to Love featuring your host, Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Jane Donovan, and I want to start the conversation today on the topic of anxiety by sharing with you a YouTube clip on what high-functioning anxiety looks like. This video presented by TheMighty.com recently went viral, receiving over 1.2 million shares on YouTube. And while it doesn't cover every symptom experienced by anxiety sufferers, it certainly gives a good starting point towards understanding what anxiety is and what it feels like. Have a listen. High-functioning anxiety looks like achievement, busyness, perfectionism. When it sneaks out, it transforms into nervous habits, nail biting, foot tapping, running my fingers through my hair. If you look close enough, you can see it in unanswered text messages, flakiness, nervous laughter, a snake slithering at my back, clamping its jaws shut where my shoulders beat my neck, punching the gut stomach aches and my body's confusing, answering email with being attacked by a lion. High-functioning anxiety sounds like I'm not good enough, I'm bad for I'm not good at my job, wasting time so neat, my boyfriend thinks I'm me, why would I say it, what if it, why can't I have my shit together, I'm a fraud, just good at everything, I'm everybody denying myself, nobody here, my dad for I'm bad sister, bad dog, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. All the while, it appears perfectly calm. It's always looking for the next outlet, something to channel the never-ending energy, writing, Running, list making, mindless tasks, whatever keeps you busy, doing jumping jacks in the kitchen, dancing in the living room, pretending it's for fun, when really it's a choreographed routine of desperation, trying to tire of the thoughts stuck in your head. It's silent anxiety attacks hidden by smiles. It's when answering a text impulsively and thoughtlessly is an act of bravery. It's finding your own humanity in the anxiety, in your weaknesses. It's trying to let the energy inspire you instead of bring you down. A good first step is staring at it straight on and calling it by its name. I'm not going to be able to cover off on everything to do with anxiety in this episode. However, I have covered off all of the tools that are needed to learn to really understand your anxiety, to manage it, and ultimately embrace the gifts anxiety brings in my online course called Free To Be Me. I'll share more about the course later in the podcast. However, for now, I want to share a tool to help you to start to reduce your anxiety right now. While anxiety presents differently for everyone, a common thread as beautifully demonstrated in that YouTube clip is the voice in the head, the undermining negative ego. It reminds you constantly that you are not good enough in some way. I have a lot to say about this negative voice as it demonstrates clearly what limiting core beliefs we have about ourselves. An excellent exercise to identify what core beliefs you have that are really limiting and contributing to your anxiety is to start by writing your victim story. This is the story you likely have been telling yourself for years, if not decades. The same story that maybe you share with others. The story that says, it's not my fault. 
When we believe a story of it's not my fault, we hand our power away. It means that we are not in control of our own destiny. So ultimately, this story does not serve. Likely you'll find that this is a painful story to write, but I promise you, if you really get real with yourself here, the key to unlocking the cause of your anxiety, it's going to be in there. The story is possibly the story that you believe has protected you from the world. However, if you are suffering from anxiety, then it's time to own this story, to heal it and turn it around. An example is my victim story. So my old story was that people are cruel, people hurt me easily, I don't get included in certain events or certain groups of people and I feel it's not fair. I know I'm hard work to be around and I know there's something deeply wrong with me. Now that story gives all my power away. So now it's time to go into the victor story, the victory one. Now I want you to rewrite the story owning your own power and how creating the story, it clearly can be seen with more conscious eyes. So my victory story is, I love that I'm a sensitive person. I love that I am able to be compassionate and considerate person to be around. I'm selective with who I allow into my inner world, ensuring I'm respected and honoured for the gifts that I bring to relationships. Now, that's much more empowering. Now, I've given really short examples, but really my original victim story probably went for a good full page of handwriting. And so really take some time on this exercise. Now, if you want to go into it deeper, then have a listen to episode 39, where we talk a lot more about this particular exercise. I've got many other tools that I'm going to share with you later in the episode. However, now I have the pleasure of introducing to you Amber Petty. Amber is a lovely friend of mine. Amber's a media personality. She's hosted a number one breakfast radio show. She appears in media all the time. She's almost completed her first book and she's got a new podcast launching soon that I believe the Love Life listeners are going to love and we'll give you details of that soon. But like me, Amber has suffered from anxiety. So I hope you enjoy the conversation we have together. So Amber, how does anxiety show up for you in your everyday life? You know what? As the years have gone on, I have actually realized that anxiety for me can show up in so many different ways. When anxiety first came into my life, um, I say that like it was a beautiful man or something, something when anxiety walked through my When I won the lottery and got anxiety. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. My first memories of anxiety was definitely, um, for me, a fairly stock standard, obvious situation. Of course, I didn't realise it at the time, but I was in a relationship that I was no longer happy in. I knew that I needed to come out of it. For many reasons, I wasn't. And people will be able to apply this with, you know, a work, you know, a job or, you know, something that doesn't feel right. And my anxiety started to come in, you know, the short breath, the feeling of panic, the feeling like something awful is going to happen. And eventually I ignored my anxiety because I didn't know what the hell it was. I ignored it so much that it would end up in as panic attacks. So it would be, you know, what I learned was something doesn't feel good, um, I'll ignore it, my body's trying to tell me something, I'll keep ignoring it, and then literally the body would go, okay, well, we're shutting the lights out. And that 
that would start with a tiny little, felt like a little needle pin. Interestingly, around what felt like my kind of ovaries, that kind of low. And then, so that really was a warning. And then I would go, okay, all right, well, I've still, I've still got to go to such and such. I've still got to do what I really didn't want to go and do because I actually needed to breathe and I needed to go and find some peace. And then, so then I would, you know, I would head out the door and I would usually get to a space and then I would immediately feel dizzy or like I couldn't breathe and then I would faint, black out. Wow. So that's how it used to, yeah. So that, and you know what, I shouldn't downgrade it like, you know, if that, that's like the stock standard because that was obviously a, a really, you know, I have, I have a massive scar on my head because one time I didn't get out of the venue quick enough. And I fell onto the concrete and I ended up with about five or six stitches in my head. And I still have a massive um, raised part of my head for that. I also didn't have hair in, in an area of my head for, you know, a couple of years. Um, it eventually grew back. But what I mean by that is now that I look back on that, it seems so obvious to me. There was something that I was in, and it was to me, it was a relationship, and I shouldn't have been in it anymore and I didn't feel right my spirit felt wrong about being in a relationship and I just kept ignoring it but what I have noticed now is there are so many different varieties of anxiety and even when I have look, this is what I would say a very interesting probably high level anxiety not in that it feels worse than the other I guess the other brands of anxiety we'll call them but it is anxiety in that I will feel like I, I can't sleep I feel really out of thoughts I'm distracted maybe my breathing is a little difficult I just feel a bit strange and this anxiety that I have experienced over the last year or two I've actually come to realize that it's not about me going, oh, my God, what is not right in my life? What do I need to get out of? What is my spirit not feeling good about? Sometimes that anxiety, and as I said, it's much softer, is the universe and the energy around me is actually changing. And sometimes it's because I have put out to the universe that I want a big change in my life. And I honestly think the energies around me and the planets and everything start to move and you feel like something's happening you can't see what it is but something is happening and a very amazing girlfriend of mine explained that to me she said to me one day when I said I haven't slept for a couple of nights she goes you know what darling she says I actually don't think there's anything bad going on I don't think there's anything you need to, to, to look out for so I actually think that the universe and everything is just moving around you because things are about to change in a good way and I went wow so really it's talking about a feeling of a new vibration that is unfamiliar yes. to you. So yes. therefore your mind says, oh, this isn't normal. This must be that old bad chestnut called anxiety. I went, I'm not sleeping. This is obviously anxiety. Therefore, oh, God, here we go again. There's something wrong with me. It's not like I believe every single thing that somebody says. But I sat with what she said and I thought, how does the vibration of the anxiety feel? Is it a, is it a, on a scale of 10, what does it feel like? And I thought, it probably feels like a five. 
my breath isn't as short. It's more just I feel kind of on this sort of weird alert, which you often um, relate to anxiety. I'm on high alert. You know, if, if you're in, if it's like anxiety is often when you're in that fight or flight, you're held in that sort of holding zone. Yes, exactly. Um, it's also like the XY chaos. When somebody's got an old desire or an oh, sorry, an old way of living and they're creating a new desire and they're moving into that Y vibration, which is the new manifestation of whatever it is yes. they're desiring. While that transition's happening, we've got the XY chaos. And that chaos feels like anxiety. Yeah. yeah. So so sometimes what we've got to what you're suggesting, and I love what you're saying, is that we need to consider is this textbook anxiety that I've suffered before, or yep, is that this? About. Yep. Yes, exactly. Or is this actually a new vibration and it's a new way of being that I've got to get comfortable with? Because it may not be yep. bad stuff; it might be good stuff. That's exactly right. And just and that textbook stuff that we call the anxiety is the way I just look at that now. To me, and which is probably why I call it that. Yeah, this is textbook stock standard. Is you know, I look at that, I go, okay, it's okay. My body's just giving me feedback. So what's it trying to say? So, and, and, and usually you will know. It's, it's not usually that hidden. Um, but another, just in terms of another way anxiety, you know, shows up for me and, and even has in the last few months is went to work for, a, a, you know, a new agency and there was a little cluster of women in this agency who were, you know, they they were not particularly nice women. You had the um, mean girls to deal with. I did. I did. I really did. Um, yeah, I keep trying to work out how I can package it up better. No, it is what it is. Well, well, really what they are is that they're insecure women that were not feeling confident in themselves and along comes the new girl, which we can all understand. We've also been that girl as well that's felt insecure. However, they've not behaved in a warm, welcoming way. And your sensitivity is on heightened alert because of it. Yeah. And and also I think because I am a lot more conscious than I was 10 years ago, and, and, you know, most of these women were 10 years younger than me, I have... I have so much awareness of simply when an atmosphere feel, feels good and, and, and simply when it doesn't feel good. Now, I kind of knew I was there was a little bit of this sort of whatever it was from these women, let's just say attention, coming my way. You know, yes. I was a target of these mean girls. And so I had to, I had to show up each day and deal with that and feel the energy and, and the way they were blocking me from the rest of the agency and the way their energy was basically doing what they wanted it to, which is telling me you're insignificant. So so, so that, you know, and it was a good two weeks because I actually had, you know, I did have support, but the, but the boss had gone away for a couple of weeks. So I was, I was sort of left to my own devices in this situation. So it was difficult and it did kind of wear me down, but... But what I did was I was really conscious of how I would go home and how I would feel a little kind of down. Then I would be conscious that it would wake me up a little bit or I would find myself kind of feeling a bit anxious and and rattled as I'd be going off to sleep because, of course, I'm thinking, what do I have to do in the morning? Oh, get up and go and do all this shit again. <laughs> um, I'm going to be with, you know, going numb. 
see Lindsay Lohan and the Mean Girl. <laughs> Without the pay packet. So I'm kind of, you know, like I'm going to bed going, oh, okay, this is life wonderful. And that does give you anxiety. So what I literally did was I would make sure that no matter whether I slept well or I hadn't, that I would go to the park early and I would be with my dog. But even regardless, I would take a packet of my Oracle cards down um, and I've got a whole bunch of Stacey DeMarco, Lucy Cavendish. I've got a lot of Oracle cards. Anyway, and I would take a pack down there and I would literally honour myself and my situation by saying, okay, I just want to pull a card today that's just going to sort of help me with today. And there was something about doing that that took a little of the anxiety away. And I think it was because I was connecting to something bigger, which really made me feel like their power down here on the ground, your little tiny cluster, isn't actually that relevant. Um, it also made me feel good because I've come a long way where in times where I've had in my life where anxiety has been rampant and I've not had the spiritual or, or even just logical tools to try and fix something or get myself out of things. It gave me peace that I've come a long, long way and, you know, it's not about ever thinking I'm going to get to a point where anxiety never comes into my, you know, into my mind or into my body. It just will. Um, it's more like you've had the reminder that you have come such a long way and you know how to deal with this now, whereas you didn't have the tools when you were, you know, getting the pins and needles and fainting. Yep. And so no, now it's like, know. and you're right, that anxiety is going to come in and out of our lives. It is. It, it's it is. how we deal with it and how we can shorten the period of time that we are in anxiety and how we can stretch the gaps between experiencing anxiety that creates a happier life. Yeah, and look, I, I have to say that I'm a bit of a ball breaker in the sense that I do not believe that we feel anxiety just because we've got anxiety. There is a message in it and it's about how willing you are to sit with it, even if it takes years, to try and work out what is it, what is it. It is a what beautiful is way of the universe speaking to us, isn't it? it is. I believe it is. that anxiety is has got many beautiful gifts. Now, one of them that I really love Absolutely. is that it is the tool to help you to get to know yourself better. And Absolutely. to find out what is it that you need to heal from your past? Is it a limiting belief? Is it inner child? Whatever it yep. is, this is a great way for you to self-examine and start to yep. heal that stuff. Yep. And, you know, like exactly as you said, it's a way of getting to know yourself, right? So when I was working in Breakfast Radio, and it obviously this has happened before, but I, this is, I, I really started to understand the lesson when I was in breakfast radio. So I'm getting up at 20 past four every morning, every weekday morning. Um, that would give me anxiety. I, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah, unfortunately. That's not good for a highly sensitive person. <laughs> no, there was a little period there of abusing sleeping pills when, it, you know, to be thinking that that was going to help me out. And, of course, it didn't. It created other issues. But, it, but, but so from the time I'd get me at that station, we'd have a, you know, morning meeting would say, right, what are we doing today? Where are we filling the gaps? What's happened overnight in the news? 
like 10 past 5 in the morning, I would be on. I would be required to go, ideas, and this is what I think, and, oh, we're trying to get into funny mode, and we're all being our wacky dainty selves. And then, of course, from 6 till 9, we're on, and we're doing all of that for real. Then we're usually recording stuff afterwards. Then we're often meeting people. There was so much energy going out, and sometimes we'd have to do things in the afternoon or at night. Now, what, where that relates to anxiety is I realised when I would look at the week ahead, if I had too many things in my calendar, I would get anxiety. And what I ended up realising, you know, for a while I kept thinking, oh, you're just being a pain in the ass, or you don't sleep as well as the other guys, so you're actually the liability here, and they don't seem to worry about as much. What I ended up realising, and I'll never forget, and it's just a non-negotiable, is that I lose a lot of energy. I'm very conscious of energy. I can give a lot out, but I have to get it back in or I start to feel um, fragile and rattled. And so in the end, I actually, because I tried to voice that with, you know, the people around me and I would sort of say, do we absolutely have to do that? Do we absolutely have to do that? I realized they didn't care about me as an individual. It was more about how many freebies we can, can we get? And it was more about the egos of, of um, the other people that I was working with. And I thought, okay, so now we've, I've, I've tried to do it the honest way. Now I'm going to lie about it. And I would sometimes lie to get myself out of something to balance up my week ahead so I didn't have anxiety because I know that I have to, I have to, I have, my tank has to be at least half full, if not more, and ideally even more than that. Or I'm not good to anyone and I'm certainly, my mental state, my anxiety flares up. I love what you've talked about with um, energy in, energy out. My experience yeah. of coaching people with anxiety. Yes, exactly. Ebbs and flows, seasons, cycles. I know through coaching a lot of people with anxiety that most of them are huge givers and it's all energy out. Yeah. But there yep. is a pattern with a lot of them. I'm not saying everyone, but with a lot of people with high functioning or generalized um, anxiety is that they actually are not good at receiving energy in. They don't allow others right. to give them. And I find that the common thing there is because deep down they don't feel worthy of receiving. Now, do you, yes. do you feel looking back? I know you've done so much self-development oh. work, but looking back, did you feel worthy of receiving back then? Oh, my God, no. I was just so grateful that I had this job on radio. Five minutes before that, I literally thought that my life was over. I thought I just made so many wrong moves that, you know, I was never going to get a decent job again. I, I, My confidence was at an all-time low. It was sort of my car crash point in life. And it goes back to, like, why am I heading out the door when I was getting those panic attacks? Because I'm like, oh, no, I have to go. I can't let someone down. I can't let someone down. I can't let someone down. I mean, you know. You're placing everyone else first and you last. Everybody. And and if if you have never consciously stepped back and looked at what you, what, what filter you put all your decisions through, if you've never, ever had anyone bring that to your awareness, then you've got no idea that that's how you're operating. So having panic attacks and having anxiety, when you've completely got these blinkers on, you've got no idea why it why it comes. But there are reasons. 
Mm. Like there are reasons. I have another theory too around anxiety, uh, and this is more of a global thing and an evolution of, of the human species. I'd love to get your take on it because I love our yeah. deep, rich conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My thing is that um, moving forward, evolving the planet is to yeah. come from the feminine, from the heart, from the healed heart of the feminine that will help heal everybody. Yeah. To do that, we have to embrace sensitivity. To do that, we have to experience yeah. sensitivity. And for some people to experience sensitivity, it's through anxiety. So are you saying, okay, so there are obviously, you know, everything's about energy. You know, every, yes. everything is about energy. Yes. I, I was even sitting down the park, the same, the same park I'm sitting in now this morning, and I felt that I could actually feel my chakra, circle chakra, vib- chakra vibrating. Cool. So I, yes, it was, it, it, yes, and I can actually feel the one up um, around my neck as, as, as well. But, it, you know, it's like colour, I guess, if, if you look at colour. Every bit of energy, which is related to, you know, something and, and, and quite often emotion, is a different frequency. Yeah. And I think, and I think, yes, if you're saying that we're, you know, we've got to move into this divine feminine, well, let's look at, you know, emotionally women are better at tackling seemingly a lot more, I don't know, a lot more situations, a lot more layers, although we can be also very bad at it. But we are intuitively, I think, designed to um, be able to, deal with things that uh, require that seven sensitivity or intuition. Yes. But in order for, for us to step up to that, we do have to, we do have to recognise that we will become more sensitive because we're more open and we are actually going to feel a whole bunch of stuff that we've probably just tried to ignore, including what feels like anxiety. And so this is why it's interesting that I think the anxiety conversation is so good that you're having this. Because it feels like everyone's having it, but to me, half of them are not. Like, I'm sorry, they're just not. They're just saying, I've got anxiety. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Now what? Mm. Um, well, it's I become think- a really, it's become a label to explain why I'm in such a heightened state of awareness and yeah. I'm finding yeah. it really hard to cope with. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that, that I think anxiety is going to be one of those interesting topics over the next 10, you know, 50 and beyond years. Because I think what we consider anxiety, we just group up and package as one kind of feeling, one frequency, is not going to make sense in the future when people become more educated. And, and as we've talked about, even that feeling that I labelled anxiety that day when I just felt like, you know, from day something's just, I can't sleep, something's going on, and this very wise friend of mine said, it's okay. I don't think that this anxiety is saying that there's something bad. I actually just think that things are invisibly moving around you because you have done a lot of work to change your life. And I actually think the energy and frequencies around you are just moving into position. And so I had called that anxiety. We had to have that conversation and keep calling it anxiety in order for me to understand what, what I was, what we were talking about. But we weren't talking about something that was that awful, <gasps> I can't breathe. And you're also somebody though that has examined with 
pinpoint accuracy and done a lot of work to heal each of your fears that caused anxiety for you so yeah. that you can yeah. get to a point. So I think the danger here, I love what you're saying. What we've got to watch is that we want to watch that people that have not done the work to heal their fears can't now go, oh, no, it's okay. It's just that there's a different different frequency coming in now. I think no, 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 no. We've don't, got to, don't take the easy route out with yes, that. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a bit like saying, oh, no, not my fault, past life. Now, yes, past lives I'm a huge fan of, and they explain a lot of things, but they only are allowed to explain things when you've already done the conscious work. Then yes. you can go down the subconscious path. <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly it. And to be quite honest, I don't know if this is going to come out, and sounds so dumb. I, I, you know, half the reason why I've done all this work is because I don't want to leave, I, I don't want to live the rest of my life having anxiety about getting anxiety. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, it does I, become I, that I fear, wanna, doesn't I it? I feel like I've thrown myself at it. I've got some, I've, I've folded away in that kind of anxiety, here's that, that example of that anxiety, I follow, you know, an, a, another type of anxiety into to that. So when it's the next time I kind of feel weird and whatever level weird that is, and I go, oh, yeah, this is, this is okay, this is anxiety. Oh, I wonder what's going on here. I wonder what, which one it is. And not fear that, you know, tomorrow I'm going to wake up with anxiety because I can have anxiety about thinking I'm going to have anxiety tomorrow. Yes. The thought of anxiety <laughs> definitely perpetuates more anxiety. Yes. I can understand how anxiety, you know, that I would get, you know, 10, 15 years ago, the thought after having severe anxiety, thinking about when that's going to come again and when it's going to come to a level that's going to knock me out and I'm going to end up waking up at a restaurant with a whole lot of people talking over me, deciding whether they're going to call an ambulance, I'm going to get anxiety over that. But I'm not anymore because I went away and worked out what are the triggers, what is my lifestyle, what am I saying yes to that I shouldn't be saying yes to, what am I not listening to. I haven't had a panic attack in 10 years. Even one of those tiny little, you know, um, pinprick pains, it's not there. I don't let it get to that point because I've listened well before that. I love it. So it really is about learning yourself listening to your body and having yep. good effective tools to put in place to manage it, to manage yourself, to place yeah. yourself first so that you don't yep. end up in a heightened state of anxiety. But the one thing that, you know what, you have to do, and if you don't do it, all of this goes out the window, is you have to be honest. Because if you're getting anxiety and you're not going to be honest about the fact that you're in a relationship that is not good for you, or you're in a, a in a job and you're sitting there in lack of worthiness, going, oh, but I won't. I'm lucky to have one. I won't get another job. Oh, none of this is. You're not going to work anything out. So yeah. if you don't have anxiety packed in your little backpack, you, you haven't got a hope in hell. So just be, <laughs> just make sure that you've got that there if you really, really, really want to get to the bottom of this. And get that wisdom and, and be grateful that you've, you've had every day you get more understand, every anxiety episode, you get more understanding about who you are. And that is a great thing. That is a beautiful way to end this conversation, Amber, is to really own your stuff. Really be prepared to speak oh, yeah. your truth. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid. It's not no. that scary. It really isn't. It's not. It can be really, really, really interesting. 
each of us needs to learn to get to a point where we are our own greatest cheerleader, where we do really love ourselves and therefore find the fascination of the self and continue to explore. Even if it is stuff that you don't like about yourself, that's still fascinating. We're interesting science experiments of ourselves. 100%. 100%. And I think that, again, the thought of wanting to open up that can of worms can cause anxiety. But my experience is that the thought of where I'm going to go, you know, whether I've gone to a healer or I've done a course or I've gone on a a retreat or a workshop, the thought of it may cause anxiety. But the actual doing of it is never as bad as I think it's going to be. And it, and, and these days, the way that we do self-development, it is, it is actually faster and heavier in the sense of deeper healing. But it's not as painful as what we were doing 10 years ago, is it? Yeah. Well, I don't know, because all I can say is, you know, I have had a couple of healing experiences where they've been rough. And, you know, I think they're exactly that the kind of experiences that stops people from doing any healing. They're like, oh, I'm so scared, but what's behind that door? Sometimes you will open a, open a door and a whole lot of shit is going to fall out on top of you. <laughs> and you're going to feel a little drowned. You know, I'm just picturing someone's cupboard and they've just jammed it like a hoarder. And, I, you know, you've got, oh, what's in there? That's my life and all of my emotions. And then you open it and it all falls on top of you. But you know what? Okay go down for a couple of days but that particular thing is not going to take you down again that's right once it's dealt with it's dealt with you can't undo what you've now healed or what you now know and as you said you're talking the worst case scenario is a couple of days you know it it, It, worst case 100 percent worst case is, is, is a few days it doesn't i think people think that if they do that if they open a door for instance, if there was some deep, you know, some child abuse or something really bad in, in your history, I, I really understand how some people can think, I can't, I just have to push that back somewhere because I can't deal with that because it will ruin my life again. But you know what, like, that's not how it works. Yeah, open the door, of course it's going to be painful for a while, but once it's out, it is out. It doesn't mean that you don't forget it. It doesn't mean that you don't feel sorry for yourself or, or, or still have some anger. But all of that really sick, awful shit, once that's out, it doesn't go back in. It, it goes out. And just wouldn't you rather have that out than be, you know, living your life driving a regular car, filling your bloody tank up with diesel. You know, you don't feel good. You don't feel good when you're hanging on to stuff. I always say it's better better to have an empty house than a bad tenant. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Finishing on that, I think, you know, anxiety too can be a constant knocking on the door that there is stuff inside you that you haven't dealt with and it really wants to be dealt with and it wants to go. So I think just keep that in mind too. And, of course, the incentive for all of us is that doing this work, facing anxiety, looking at the fears, looking at where it's come from and healing it is because we do all want to be the best versions of ourselves. Well, we need to learn that. That's that's the problem. I think sometimes, you know, we go through long periods of time or our whole life actually not really aiming very high for ourselves. But I tell you what, 
you know, this is the one thing I know about myself is that people used to always say to me, you need to be more kind to yourself. You need to be, it was the common thing that all different people in my life would say to me. Just, and these weren't people that were, you know, open people. They weren't people that necessarily were that sort of self-aware or done work on themselves. It was just so friggin' obvious what I needed to do, you know, which was simply be kind to myself. And I look back now and I go, everybody should love themselves. I get it now, but I didn't then. But everybody should love themselves. Like, it just, we just should. Yeah. I remember putting a newsletter out around about eight or nine, maybe even ten years ago to my social eight members, you know, where I've got the matchmaking and the social club. And I put out this first newsletter about self-love and I got bombarded with emails saying, that's gay from the men. And I know. And I know, I know. Well, it just. That's right. That what they were saying was that it was not masculine. And and yet at the same time, I got a lot of emails from people saying, oh, this is so wonderful. It's just what I needed today. Um, yeah. And I remember how brave I was to actually first start talking like that. Thankfully, mm. I think in general, society's changed a lot and that the concept of self-love yeah. is embraced. It's in a smart thing to do yes. or to consider. Yes. Yeah. And so Rather thank It's a, yeah, absolutely. Now, Amber, we have to just change the subject. You've got a gorgeous new podcast releasing <gasps> soon. So, Amber is a, there's a brand new podcast done by Nova Entertainment, which Amber, it's her show called The Wise Guides. Do you want to share a bit about it, Amber? Yes, The Wise Guides. Um, so it's basically part narration, part, um, you know, I like call them interviews, interviews because they're actually conversations. But a lot of the narrations are little snippets and stories of um, different, either my thoughts on a particular subject, whether that's even dreams and what your dreams mean, but also they're often stories, little snippet stories from my life um, that I tell to kind of set up a period of time that I hope that people can sort of relate to. And then the wise guide that comes on for that episode is someone that has wisdom or expertise on that particular subject. And to be honest, it's like we've been talking about me since 10, 15 years ago. It's so wonderful because the people that I am talking to in these episodes are people that, my God, did I need at that particular time. And they they weren't around and, you know, I didn't know to look for them. And, and I just love the fact that I can, the healing for me is to recall these stories and to remember those times. But the healing for me is to know that someone might be going through that right now and the guide that, and the discussion that we're having around the wisdom of that particular topic is something that they need to hear now that might stop them from getting into panic attack territory. It might stop them from marrying someone that's not going to be good to them. It might stop them from getting depression. You know, it's just, it's really, really 
it's like a, a dream, this show for me. It really is a dream. It's certainly very heart-centred work and oh, you're yeah. funny. Like I really encourage our listeners to check out the podcast. I'm funny because I refuse, because I share so many disasters in my life because I've had so many. I'm accidentally funny, I think. Oh, no, you're, you're <laughs> very consciously funny and I love it. So if you want to check out Amber's uh, Amber's podcast, it's going to be released on the 30th of January, is it? Yeah, 30th of January. On um, You can find it on the Nova Entertainment website or just through um, iTunes. So it's just the Wise Guys thank you so much darling and thank you for your amazing wisdom and sharing of your story of anxiety thank you so much and lots of love to your incredible beautiful love life tribe who i know are just such a special little collective of people men and women i read a lot of uh, the conversations on your um, love life podcast yeah the private facebook group fantastic yeah Yeah, very cool people thank you so much Before I finish up for today's episode, I want to reel off a few other tools that can really assist in reducing anxiety. However, this list is just a few to get the ball rolling for you. Become aware of the mind chatter. What is your inner voice really saying to yourself? If it's negative, chat to yourself, let it go. Or as one of my current course participants does, she sings it. Think of the movie Frozen. Acknowledge that voice that is in your head, but counterattack it with a much more positive voice, one of positive self-talk, and really be your own biggest cheerleader. Get to really know yourself. What triggers you? What situations or people or conversations increase your anxiety? And once you can identify these early triggers, put some tools in place so that once you've got the early warning signs, you can help yourself to not go into a full anxiety attack. Set strong and healing affirmations for yourself and use them frequently, all day, every day. Breathe. Stop. Create a sacred space. In fact, breathing just for 17 seconds will change your vibration. Actually, any of these tools done for 17 seconds will change where you're at from one of going into anxiety. It's going to soften it immediately. Reach for a better feeling thought. As in the example I gave earlier of the victim to victory story, do the same thing with any fear-based thought that's confronting you. Just alter the observation or the story slightly to a better feeling one. And if you really want to shift your anxiety, then get instant download to my online course, Free to Be Me. This eight-module course has currently got a group of about 20 people completing it, and these people all suffer from anxiety. And I have to share that so far, the feedback I've received, which was from about 85% of people, that after only one week, they've all had considerable reduction in their anxiety. And that's just from the first module. So it's exciting considering they've got seven more modules to go. And I suspect that by the end of the course, they're going to be coming up very self-empowered people. This excites me. So I'm going to back the course content 100% by offering the Love Life listeners a money-back guarantee. So if the eight modules don't reduce your anxiety, then you qualify for a full refund. So details of the course, head to janedonovan.com.au. 
I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's episode. To download all the episodes of Love Life and to subscribe to the show, head to lovelifeshow.com or head to iTunes where you can also rate the show. Until next week, be kind to yourself and be your own biggest cheerleader. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening. And it's a beautiful day.